Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Uh, yours truly, Johnny Torres. Your host, as always. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, late, fashionably late, as always, um, uh, but uh, uh, still here nonetheless. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, for those of you out there, uh, I hope you're enjoying your Martin Luther King Day. Hope you did your day of service, right? Because I think that's what they're trying to make it now, like a day of service uh, across the country. And, uh, of course, you know, we'll talk a little bit about uh, you know, uh, Martin Luther King's influence and uh, kind of the current state of affairs. Uh, also, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to go see One Night in Miami. Um, uh, Regina King, uh, who famously known, I guess, as um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in Jerry Maguire. I would say that's probably her most popular role, right? Um, she This is her directorial debut, and the movie looks amazing, has a great cast, and uh, very factually based. So uh, definitely check that out if you're looking to do something to uh, recognize Martin Luther, Jr., Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, birthday. Uh, is it his birthday or just a, his, his uh, memorial day? It's, it is his birthday, right? Yes. Okay. Not today, but it's his it's observed on the third Monday of uh in January. Got January. it. Okay. All right. So let me go ahead and pull up uh today's topics here. Uh oh, hang on. I'm on the wrong screen. There we go. All right. So uh plenty to talk about. Again, Martin Luther King Day. We're also gonna talk about in impeachment two point oh. Uh President Trump, still your president, still in office. Um <laughs> a big tank censorship and how it uh, hit home right here with the yard sign. And then of course uh the Biden administration. We're going to take a quick look at the first 100 days. Some of the things are already promising uh, and uh, why that should scare the hell out of you because uh, there's there's really no other way to describe it. So um, before I do that, let me go ahead and uh, switch over to the roundtable uh, for our cast today. Got a familiar face back in the mix. Very excited to have him back. Ladies and gentlemen, on the far left, that is Chris Chambers. How are you, sir? Oh, hang on. Sorry. I always forget the... Um, most important part there we go <laughs> i'm doing pretty good johnny thank you for having me on again yeah thank you so much uh, you've been away a little while you got a little flack for some of your online activities uh well we won't get too deep into that but uh but nonetheless excited to have you back thank you so much for being here uh, uh family well holidays went well Families well. Uh, holidays were, were awesome. You know, a little different this year with the, uh, the covid but we still had a great time had some friends in town and uh it was good overall all right, awesome. Well, and then, of course, over there on the right, uh, not too far to the right, is an evil David Cabrera. What's up, buddy? Hey, doing good. Liking liking the weather. The Bucks won yesterday, so it's always a good time to. to I know. Can we in squeeze that? in a little sports here and talking about uh, how amazing that game was last night? Low scoring, but, uh, you know, I think it was what everybody hoped it would be. It was kind of a quarterback showdown. Hey, we got the job done. That's all. That's, that's a W. Right. A W is a W. It's a W. Yeah. Now, everybody's talking about how Drew Brees walked off the field. They're saying that, uh, you know, as he was walking off the field, uh, he kind of like looked back one last time right before he went through that tunnel. Do you think he retires? I, I think he does. I think he does. Drew Brees, he's 42, 40, 42 years old. Yeah, yes. he's right behind Brady there. Yeah, yeah I, I think we will see him uh, retire after this season. I'd say they gave it one more year. I'd say he gives it one more year, um, mostly because, again, you, we got to remember, these guys play at the top of their game. These are the, the best at what they do. Um, and I think uh, some ego comes along with that, you know. Um, people are um, uh, uh, sorry. Hang on a second. Um, saying, you know, it's, it's all about the records. It's all about the, um, 
Uh, we'll talk about the Facebook stream here in a second. Um, Anibal, because he's messaging me. Um, but there's he has so many records tied with Tom Brady that I think he comes back to maybe either defend or takes back some of those records, don't you think? Possibly. But I, I think uh, Tom showed him who's the, the best quarterback <laughs> yesterday. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, if they, now, if they would have beat him, yeah. But I think uh, uh, Brady had an upper hand. And uh, that's just my opinion. I don't foresee him coming back. But could there be any tougher of a road for a football team than having to go up against New Orleans and then having to follow that up by going up against uh, Green, Green Bay? Bay. I, Jesus. It's, it's going to be a fun, a fun game next week when it comes to green bay i will say i was a little concerned because one we'd already lost two games to them this season and we were playing at their house and that's always a, a very challenging thing to do but i will also say that postseason for um, the saints yeah was also in our favor though right the fact that it's now this is the third in a row that he's lost a postseason when it comes to um playing that they get kicked out of postseason, so I'm 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 not surprised that this occurred, but I was a little concerned that they'd already beat us twice. Uh, yeah, I, I, th I think that third time's a charm. I think they uh, had more than enough uh, time to realize where they messed up early in the season, and we were victorious yesterday, and uh, that's all that matters. So now I'm just looking forward to uh, next week. A little nervous about that. I believe it's going to be 25, 32 degree, 25 or 32 degree, 32 yeah. degree yeah. weather. Well, and uh, and. Brady said, you know, uh, in his post game interview, he says, my, my blood's thinned out a little bit, you know, being down <laughs> here in Tampa, yeah. you know, and that does happen pretty quickly. And then you might have some buck players now who, who's never played in that, in that type of environment. So it's gonna yeah. be very interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't think they had any like really cold right. weather games this season. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, uh, you know, I, we were obviously going to get to this in the big tech censorship part of the show. Um, but uh, being that it's actually become an issue uh, about tonight's broadcast, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and address it up front. And uh, we can maybe just swap the topics around. But um, for this particular episode, we are not able to broadcast on Facebook um, because it seems that and I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest about this whole thing. Not only are they targeting conservatives, and I would say mostly conservative, probably mostly conservatives, but there are liberals, you know, and, you know, maybe quasi-independents that are targeted too on a big censorship push by Facebook and by other of the big tech uh, companies uh, leading up to this inauguration. Um, they're, it's posted on their website where they kind of break down everything that they've been doing. I've never had my account miraculously. I've never had my account suspended, uh, for any reason, but a lot of other people who have also never been suspended before for violating any of the terms of service, uh, for Facebook, uh, are being censored until, uh, after the, uh, inauguration, uh, because they think they're being preemptive in stoking, fueling any of this anger, frustration, uh, which, uh, you know, what they, what they would say caused the siege on the Capitol that happened on January 6th. I think the, the, and I said this before last time, the hypocrisy on all of this is, is immense. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. Even to hear uh, Amazon's excuse for why they kicked off Parler is, is a big one. Is, is that, well, they were organizing and things were happening there. You can go on Twitter right now and mm -hmm. see just as uh, divisive, uh, threatening, and organizing for what happened on uh, January 6th. Correct? Right. January 6th. So right. why wasn't Twitter taken off? No, it wasn't taken off. And so that's why it's what's upsetting everyone, again, is that there is not 
uh, even level playing field. If you're going to take off Parler, you should have taken off Twitter to make it into a point that they are also man- they're also looking at their people that are commenting and making posts and everything, tweeting, tweeting, twittering. I don't know. I don't have a Twitter so, account. So I have I have mixed feelings about this. First of all, you're right. I don't think they've been fair how they've been, you know, blocking the different groups, whether it's going to be liberals or conservatives. Uh, going back to the president, so I believe everybody has a First Amendment right. You know, you should not censor anybody's speech, but it's limitations on that. So I can't go running through a movie theater saying fire, fire, fire. Correct. I'm, I'm going to you know, face a little backlash on that. Uh, kind of mixed feelings. Do I think some of the, the president's, uh, what he tweeted or whatever he said last week was a little divisive? Yes and no. I, I think it's, it's just how you interpret it. Mm-hmm. And you see all the, the 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 snippets, especially on CNN, they just take out certain sound bites. However, uh, what we saw, you know, last week at the Capitol, uh, that it was just fuel to that fire. Correct. So, uh, you know, and it, it's it's Facebook, it's Twitter, the ones to be able to just should be the ones who have that much power to censor somebody. I don't know. I, I can't answer that. But I think some had to be done after you saw what took place in the Capitol. I agree. I think something definitely should have happened and people that were inciting violence yes. and that were causing mischief and that were trying to organize, all of their accounts should have been frozen or suspended or taken off completely. But again, I have the Ayatollah still commenting and putting t- on tweets out there talking about death to Israel and death to America. We have... Uh, we have terrorists that are still on there. We have rogue states that throw gay people off of buildings still on Twitter. And again, this is the hypocrisy that a lot of people are talking about. I agree with you. Something had to be done. And people's on, on Twitter accounts and Facebook should have been throttled down. But now the example is, okay, you're going to get rid of Trump, who is still a sitting president. Right. A lot of other nations are now very concerned about the power of Twitter. Twitter tried to go into Uganda's election cycle and try to comment on them about what they're doing on their site, right. on their country. Yep. And so now India and now a lot of other countries are thinking about removing Twitter's ability to uh, allow them into their countries. Because again, at the end of the day, tech is very powerful and everything else, but at the end of the day, the state is the most powerful entity when it comes to organized organizations. Correct. Well, and this is the issue that we see not only in tech, um, primarily in tech, you see the major hypocrisy, right? Because if they want to play in China, if they want to play in Russia, they have to play by those government rules, right? But they don't, so they're not holding everybody equally to account. Um, and and then again, you have your, your countries like France and Germany uh, or even Russia who came out and said, hey, this censorship stuff is not cool like this is this is potentially a very dangerous slippery slope um but then you you see it even in the nba and the nba who likes to play with china as well and then they want to come back here and talk about you know social justice and equal rights and uh you know and and you know all the all the 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 social justice topics that we're dealing with here but yet meanwhile they stay incredibly silent on all the um uh, on all all the things that the Chinese government's doing to the Uyghurs and, uh, you know, in terms of slave labor and wages and, and other social issues that are going on over there. If you hit one comment and one topic, you have to hit them all. That's just how it should be. Right. No, I, I, I totally agree. So it's, it's going to be interesting how uh, the repercussions of big tech, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's going to happen after this. 
So that's that's very very gonna be very interesting. You know, before uh, you know, President Trump he had a, a agenda to to go after tech, but now with the new administration, I doubt you'll see that. So how do you how do you check them? How do you hold them accountable? Well, before the election, um, during the election cycle, I think it was like ninety seven percent of all donations from tech companies and employees of tech companies were to the Democrats. And so very little Republicans and conservatives are in that kind of in that fear sphere that are getting donations from them. So yeah, you saw a lot of money coming th- from the tax into the Democrats. So I don't know how much they will be. In fe- I think they're going to enjoy this time right now. But I think the people are going to be very upset and are going to push for them to get some kind of I don't know. Big oil was broken. AT&T was broken. Like there's. It's just a matter of time before Alphabet and Facebook and some of the other ones get broken, too. Yeah, Hector's commenting because uh, we are live on YouTube, by the way. Um, and the, for those of you listening who are going to hopefully see this at some point on Facebook, um, you know, we are uh, currently being temporarily suspended on uh, uh, on. Uh, on Facebook because uh, they are trying to stifle or limit any kind of political speech on Facebook leading up to the inauguration. And again, I think this is incredibly dangerous territory. And if nothing is done between now and the election of a Republican president, what will truly, you know, uh, uh, reveal itself is when a Republican president is elected, are they going to do the same to those on the left? Are they going to do the same to those, you know, who again are threatening the president and have stayed dumb for four years, have been questioning the integrity of the election as they have for four years, have been questioning, um, you know, every, uh, every policy the president has put forth um, and trying to challenge it like they have for the past four years um, are these big temp- tech companies going to stand up and censor those voices as well no not at all i don't think it's, it's i don't think it's going to happen whatsoever as long again you saw the colors of you saw the cards during the mb uh during the basketball situation when it came to hong kong and taiwan and if they're not gonna if they bent the knee to uh, uh for the money then I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to do that, and they're gonna—they're always gonna push back. So I don't think tech—I think tech is gonna do what tech wants to do and gonna do what it can to protect itself and its ecosystem. It's such a big, powerful machine. You know, there's limited accountability. I think we're gonna see that for a while. But one question I have to ask myself: Why are we in this position today? And I think just over the last. Uh, Four years, there's just, you know, Republicans have been in control. You have a lot of people feeling like they're disenfranchised. So I think this is kind of like a recalibration. Not saying if it's needed or, or what so, but I think we're going to start seeing the, these waves and these cycles uh, as we move forward in the future. Yeah, look, uh, I'm and I'm over here trying to see if we can let people know on Facebook that uh, we're, we're over here live on YouTube. Um, but, but the scary thing is, is that when does this stop? Right. When when does when when, if ever, does this go back to normal or are we going to have to find alternatives like we're already doing? And I'm not saying there shouldn't be. Um, but again, is there going to be a time where we can have a uh, level playing field on on these big 
uh, social media platforms? Um, or are we going to have to resort to what's happening now going on like parlor and going on gab and going on some of these other ones that are smaller in scope, uh, don't have quite the reach don't have, you know, um, and, and again, and, and the impact that that's going to have on future elections is this is something that they're going to continue to push hard on for the next two years to continue to then shape our elections because now Republican candidates and groups cannot reach voters through these social media platforms, but those on the left can. You know, you know, Johnny, like, like I said, I just think this is just a fallout from the, the, the last four years. I think uh, the, the Republican Party, some of it has been like radical, you know, right. And mm-hmm. you, you have your, your, some of your congressmen, your people in your, in your office, your, your Matt Gates, your, your, your you know, Josh Howley. Uh, and I, I think the, the traditional Republican Party or that traditional Republican, you know, constituent was, you know, especially the older ones, was more, you know, a little bit in the middle, like your John McCain type of, type of politicians. So now you have this new wave of coming in, and I just think it's just, it's just a repercussion of that. But do you think it's, it's appropriate, knowing that the Republican Party was going after big tech and starting to do a little censorship and talking about Section 230 in regards to um, the, the way they broadcast and everything else, do you think this is now, like... Uh, payback. payback. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it, I think it's clear. But do you, clear but do you think it's a, do you think it's appropriate? No, it's not appropriate. Yeah, but it, it, it's uh, you know retaliation and like the old saying, you know, it's no fun when the cat the rabbit has the gun. So, <laughs> and I think this is what we're, this is what we're seeing right now. So, no, I agree with what you're saying. I just think it's 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 scary to see that this kind of influence is already behind one political party. Right. I don't I don't think big tech was ever behind the Republican Party whatsoever. No. Uh, we were always more than willing, even though a lot of conservative viewership and a lot of, uh, um, what do I say, a lot of viewership was coming from the conservative movement right. into uh, things more online because a lot of our normal media was already taken away from us. So I, I, I agree with you that it is probably payback what's happening now, but this also pushes for um, local businesses and other conservatives to start building their own platforms. And I don't mean platforms as like social media or like Twitter. I mean like hardware where it's like, we need to be building uh, data farms and we need to be able to do that. So then when something like this does happen, parlors able or other organizations are able to move off of Amazon, which is extremely, extremely, left-leaning into something that's a little bit more friendly for normal Americans. No, I definitely agree. And I think if uh, in any type of uh, conservative, when you take and consider campaigning in the future, they're, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to be innovative and come up with a different way uh, to do business because, you know, your, your, your big social media platforms, you know, your Twitters, your, your Facebooks, it's obvious that the, the rules have changed. We're in a, we're in a different playing field now. So... So talking about this, how do you, th- and Hector, you made a good point in regards to Congress members that, um, that are now starting to see f- pushback yeah. from what they, either they participated in the organizing of the rally mm-hmm. and then those that are still fighting big tech now. So you mentioned uh, Matt Gates, yeah. and I agree with him. I, I agree with you in that sentiment that I think a lot of what was presumed to happen before January 6th 
no longer applies now. So the coattails of the president, which means like um, the influence the president will have after he gets out of office is almost non-existent at the moment. Right. So how many congressmen and senators do you think this is going to implement in, implicate uh, going forward? I, I think it's going to be quite a few. I think uh, the ones who had played a part in the rally where they claimed that incited it, I think any type of uh, Republican who uh, – is still pro-Trump, still on Trump's coattails. I think they're going to see some some very big implications. And, and I, like I said, it's going to be like a calibration. And I saw something today. Uh, you had some of the big companies uh, pulling back money from Rick, Rick Scott. Mm-hmm. Or there was another uh, senator, uh, another company was going to do a fundraiser for him, and they canceled that. So I, I think any type of Republicans who are very pro-Trump, I think they should be worried right now and in the foreseeable future until things kind of level itself out. Yeah, you got to get, I think I told I told a few people during this whole process, like give it give it a month, give it a few weeks, and let it all simmer down a little yeah. bit because things were very hot about, about a week ago. Things were still very hot, very contentious. Just having, just being a Republican almost made you as a, as a boogeyman, yeah. almost to say. So I think that has calmed down a little bit. I think it will continue to calm down once we get into the first 100 days of the, the new administration. But... I think, and I think this might be a transition uh, in regards, unless uh, Johnny D has something else to talk about in regards to censorship. No, go ahead. So I was going to say that I think what's going to push this further is how how much the Democrats really do hate Trump. Because if they keep on pushing for impeachment after he's already out of office, which is already uncalled for to begin with, knowing that they're going to lose in the Senate because they can't, they can't get to 70 plus uh, senator or 60 plus senators. I mean, what's the point of the impeachment? Yeah, I, I, I think after the 20th, that impeachment is going to be a non-issue. Uh, it's, he's out of office. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the point of keep going down that road if it's, you're not going to have any? But they're going to continue to use yeah. January 6th as a, yes. and I'm surprised somebody hasn't come up with a clever name for it that's kind of stuck with everybody. But um, uh, January 6th, I think they're going to continue to leverage what happened that day uh, and uses an excuse for everything. I mean, AOC is already talking about using it, you know, in terms of uh, shaping the media, you know, and, and what are we going to allow the media to say or not say or what access they, they're going to have um you know we're seeing it now uh where uh nancy pelosi wants to find legislators who refuse to go through metal detectors well if you're a congressman or congresswoman um first of all you're probably not carrying a weapon because you know better second of all you're not the threat um and uh and so uh again it's uh, one of these things where they're going to continue to use this as an excuse to push through all kinds of crazy legislation and um and you know and and uh and and it, i don't know what it's going to take to stop them um but they're going to i mean literally milk this for all they can and and, and what they do in, in my opinion johnny when when they take advantage of the situation you know to push whatever agenda propaganda they have I think they're taken away from what we really saw on January 6th. I, I think you saw a, a small portion of America that felt they were losing their their stronghold, that their country was, they were losing their country and, and was willing to become violent and, and, and break laws. So, you know, I saw Joe Biden, uh, he was giving his speech after it happened, and he said, well, you know, what we saw at the Capitol does not reflect America. I disagree. I think that I think that definitely does reflect America. And if you look how history back in time, you know, when 
a certain group of people don't get their way, they, re- they resort to violence. So I, I disagree with that. No, look, we see it every election cycle. Yeah. I mean, do we not? I mean, they're, they're obviously trying to make it out like this, is, this was somehow different from all the other riots and protests that we've seen. But at the end of the day, I think when you boil it down to what you just said, I mean, it's exactly right. We see this time and time again. Anytime somebody doesn't get what they want, they go out there and they break things and they destroy things and they attack buildings and people and, you know, people get hurt. And and this is just an, another iteration of that. And you got to remember four years ago on this date, uh, the same people that are rejoicing and, and are happy today, they were pissed off four years ago. So it's yeah. just flip-flop, right. vice versa. So like I said, I mean, this that was a true reflection of America. Oh, yeah. I think what we're seeing now, and going wrong, at the end of the day, any violence and any property, entering illegal property, it's all, all that is illegal, and you should be held accountable. I mean, people died at this, at this yeah. event. Yeah. But then also people have died over the upheaval and unrest throughout the summer. And four years ago, people died during the inauguration. I don't think people died at the last inauguration, but they were, this, the, Washington, D.C. was on fire last four years ago. So when Trump took office, so it's not, an, it's, we saw the violence happen last time. We're, I don't think we're going to see that level of violence this election, this inauguration. I, I'm very concerned to, if something does occur, then it, it puts more fire on the, te- how tense it is right now in the ether of the United States. Um, I I know that the president has already said that he is expecting a smooth transition of power. Pence has kind of taken the lead role as representing this administration. I think he will be at the inauguration. The president is leaving the White House earlier that day, so he will not be in Washington when the inauguration does occur. I think actually that might be the smartest thing for him to do is just we're we're done. We're over. We're we're moving on. I think that's that's fine. Um, But I am concerned of how big what's coming out of the FBI, what's coming out of law enforcement, saying that there's planned attacks in every single capital in the United States of America. I think that is, that's very interesting to see how that's going to occur. And if it does occur, what are these, uh, what are these capital cities looking forward to when it comes to protecting uh, their cities? But again, I, that's, that's so out of, I, I just don't know anymore. I don't know how to take those threats. They're, they're very concerning. But uh, I, I hopefully, you know, law enforcement and our, our armed forces will be prepared and protect not only uh, the capital of D.C. But well, let's touch on that for a little bit, because, again, uh, I, I, you know, not letting a crisis go to waste. Now I feel like we've kind of swung the pendulum the other way. I mean, you're, you're a member of our military, you know. Um, to me, I think it's going to be crickets in D.C. for the next week. And I don't think anything's going to, I mean, I don't think anything's remotely going to happen. They claim they caught some guy with a weapon and and stuff, you know, but that happens, you know, every four years, again, leading up to inauguration, you got crazy people that are going to try stuff. Well, Um, well, you have an unprecedented, unprecedented show of force right now in DC. So I don't, I don't think anybody would be crazy enough to try anything. And if they do, that's, uh, (laughs) that's going to be a big mistake. Yeah, so, so I, I really don't. I don't really don't foresee any 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 national security issues happening in DC. Is the mall going to be open for people to no, watch? No. And no, I think it's closed. all everything is closed down. I mean, most of DC is already shut down yeah. entirely <laughs> for the for the coronavirus. Yeah. Well, and and again, you know, now you have capital 
uh, Capitol Hill. You have uh, the Capitol, um, you know, where soldiers are literally sleeping in the hallways. Um, You've got, again, more military than we currently have anywhere overseas in Washington, D.C., and I think it's overkill. Um, now they're obviously trying to say that they've got information, they've got intelligence saying that there's all kinds of threats, you know, around the country, you know, that justifies this. But I think this is more of a CYA move. Exactly. Uh, a lot of people trying to cover up for the mistakes and and for a lot of the shortcomings on January 6th than it is about any threats that they might have uh, for um, for the inauguration. I agree. I think that's probably what we're watching now is an over uh, show of force, which I'm okay with. Yeah. I'm perfectly okay with us seeing this. So then a lot of people are secure knowing that we're going to have a very smooth election without any kind of uh, any large interference. Again, four years ago, half of D.C. was on fire. When this happened over the summer, D.C. was on fire for the, the riots and for the unrest. So I, again, I think we won't see that this happening this time. I just want to make sure. I don't know. I, I, I'm not in the military. You probably know yeah, a lot yeah, more than yeah. I do. You know, over the summer, D.C. was on fire, but the Capitol was protected. Correct. Mm. Um, yeah, well, no. And yeah. look, and I said this, <laughs> I, I, I made this point in our last show, which was that, you know, the people that are saying that, you know, the, the, the BLM riots and protests and, you know, and even Antifa, you know, for obvious reasons, were treated very differently than this event was on than this rally was on January 6th. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. It's obvious. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and, and that also should not have happened. Um, you should, especially when you have as many people as you did show up for that rally. Um, now, whether or not they knew uh, if that the rally was going to come up to the Capitol and all that, you know, that's a whole different story. But again, I think you look at that as, as a precaution and you say, Hey, look, this might happen. We need to be ready Correct. just as if they would were to be ready for a BLM protest or any other protests, um, again, the, the, the response or the preparation um, for what happened on January 6th was severely under, um, underprepared in comparison to some of the other protests we've seen, uh, even just in the last four years. Yeah, and no matter, it, it doesn't matter who was the protest, if it was a BLM, if it was a mega, if it was a March for Dimes, it doesn't matter, a women's march. At the end of the day, you still have hundreds of thousands of millions of people inside your city and you need to defend the capital especially when session is happening that is what's upsetting this whole this whole time i think that the fact that it was in session and they did not have the proper security knowing that there was what half a million people just a few right. blocks away yep. no matter what no no matter what it is it should have been um they should have been secure these are our leaders that are doing the nation's business and no matter what side you fall on that they should they i think someone i, I think they've already some people have resigned already from the the fallout from what occurred yeah but this is a huge problem and they, it is true they were playing favorites and they didn't think that this was going to occur now I will say this, the likelihood of uh, something happening after a BLM rally and something happening after a mega rally, you know which one has a larger likelihood of something occurring in the city that the event is being taking place. But again, it doesn't well, matter. I, it I, just I, it I, makes I, everyone I, look I like that, egg on their face. Now. I think that's changed now. You know, well, I think with Black Lives Matter, and you know, I've got a lot of friends and we talked about this, yeah. did, did, did rape play a, play an issue? You know, you have a bunch of African Americans protesting something. Maybe law enforcement or, you know, government automatically thinks, okay, some type of danger, some type of violence is going to take place. But you have a, 
a Trump rally. Oh, no, just the good old boys. They're coming out here exercising their First Amendment, and we can scale it back. Yeah. And, and we, we saw it, it got, you know, very violent. It got extremely violent. But I will, I will say one thing. The likelihood of something happening after a Trump rally and the likelihood of something happening after a BLM rally, the percentages are out the, out the door. There is like I think it's like a seventy two percent chance that there will be violence after a BLM rally, whereas there's this is the one or like two events have happened where there's been violent after but, but a Trump rally. This on this magnitude, I mean, yes, we, that I agree with. They stormed a Capitol. They took over a government building. We uh, we lost five blocks in Seattle and in Portland from from this. I mean, the pictures of D.C. on fire in June yeah, yeah. were hor- horrific. The yeah. president had to go into the bunker because people were storming the White House. True, true. But but I think with this, what makes it so different, this is the Capitol. You know, we have correct. our uh, and, uh, elect, elected leaders and uh, and was made to and no dis- one was expecting disrupt yes democracy. So I mean, could you say that's domestic terrorism? I don't know, but would you call? I would say they would, both are. I think yeah, yeah, that's. I yeah. think that's. I would what say people, both of them are. I think people are skirting the issue. Is that any? Because again, if we say any violence is should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law, if you if you right. illegally enter any government building, you should be prosecuted to the, the what, fullest of the law. What the left is trying to do in 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 trying to make a bigger deal out of this capital siege. Again, mind you, none of them had weapons. The only person shot was shot by Capitol police. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet the, what, what the left is trying to do and making this a bigger deal than every other riot that is destroyed federal buildings included in addition to private property, public property, um, is that they're trying to say, well, it's, it's the Capitol building, you know, and, um, and, and they're trying to make it out like this building is somehow more important than somebody small business or than the police headquarters that we saw go up in flames. I think it was in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it, it, that is just, it's just a building. Um, and, 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 and again, the destruction of the lives lost, uh, I mean, how many police, there was five police officers that were, that died in, in just one of these riots, uh, whether it was Portland or LA or something like that. Um, but again, the comparisons don't stand up and what they're trying to say is, well, you know, oh, this was a bigger deal because it was the Capitol building. Um, and I don't think it should be treated that way. I think you, you, you treat them on a level playing field because again, that you're, you're diminishing the value of, you know, someone's house Correct. or someone's business, or again, the federal buildings that were in all these other cities or the police station in Minneapolis. And you're going to tell me that those buildings weren't valuable, weren't of importance, um, you know, in comparison to, to the Capitol building. And we've, we've had this conversation before, but I will say in my personal opinion, this is, this is, was to be expected. If you allow, if you've been saying this whole time that you are an organization that stands up for law and order, how on earth are you able to justify your people doing what they did at the Capitol? Right. You cannot justify that. And that's what throws this whole thing out of whack. Don't get me wrong. 92% of everyone that probably attended the rally that day are law-abiding citizens that did what they did. They went to the rally, they went, and then they went home. Or they went back to the hotels. I'm going to say 95% of all individuals, 97% of all individuals that attend BLM rallies and BLM marches are good stand-up individuals that are fighting. They have the right 
Correct. to protest. They have the right to march because yeah. they are legitimately having, they want this dialogue. In this but if they entered that capital, they also had every right to be arrested and, and, and shot. go to jail for, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. shot, you yeah. know? I mean, as unfortunate as that was, that woman had no business being in the Capitol building. Um, and if they had been treated like other protests, she might have likely have been shot anyways. Yeah. Hey, if that, uh, if not, more people had been uh, shot in that way. I, I totally agree. I think of uh, Black Lives Matter protest during the capital i think you would have had a lot more bodies right i will now. agree with that i will completely agree with that and i don't think it helps anyone to sugarcoat Correct. that response i think that if that had occurred also if there was a larger blm protest in dc you would have seen well we already saw it that's yeah. happened before where yeah. there is almost like a stormtrooper situation right. at the capital that they won't even let you within 100 feet of it with barricades and everything else again i think just because it was a, a Trump rally or a mega rally and the majority of people at that rally were white, I think it was treated differently, which is completely um, disgusting and it should not have happened that way. I understand. Yeah, I, and look, I, I, and I get it, but it should not have been done that and way. And look, a lot of us early on were saying, you know, hey, there, this was, you know, this was the work of Antifa. This was the work of uh, some people, you know, taking advantage of this rally. Um, and I'll tell you, it's not looking that way. I mean, it's, it's looking like if that, because they have caught maybe, I think, a handful of people that were definitely anarchists. You know, they got John Earl Sullivan, they got right. uh, David, David or uh, Blake or, something like that um david they, hudson what yeah um <laughs> but they you know they caught a few people that yeah. were are anarchists you know who yeah. basically literally want to see the world burn um but you know hector is always he's like our guardian angel here he's over in the comment section uh here on youtube and saying you know well what is the future of QAnon looking like does it go away because let's <laughs> be honest they fueled a lot of this and they continue to fuel a lot of really dangerous rumors uh even even as of today saying that the president, you know, may still have a chance to take office. And it's like, no, it's over. It's done. I mean, it was done weeks ago. Um, and they continue to fuel this. And so what I hope happens is that people will realize that they've been lied to for months and it will die. Um, or it will go, you know, into the deepest parts of the internet and, you know, to be completely irrelevant once again. Um, uh, but I think it's a long time before it fades away. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, it, cause it is scary how many people actually buy into what they put out. And now I have people constantly ask me, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? You know, because now they're questioning everything. Uh, I'll say Q who, uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end. Yeah. They have, again, we saw this with the left with even people I know today still say that Trump is not their president and they have, they will never call him his president. And I think Oprah doesn't even use his name anymore or not Oprah. Um, Whoopi Goldberg doesn't even use his name anymore on The View for months now. It's not like this just happened a few days ago. It's for months, she's refused to say the president's name, which again, it's her. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, there were those on the right who did the same thing with Obama, yeah. you know, for eight years. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and if you want to be uh, that petty, then hey, more power to you. Yeah, I saw something today. I think it was like uh, Bay County GOP up in the panhandle. They say they're not recognizing Biden as the president. It's the panhandle. <laughs> that's <laughs> Matt Gates country, and that's all you need yeah. to know. That's where most of the riders are from. 
<laughs> well, let's not let's not throw that around too quick. We had uh, who's that guy? The guy that was walking away with Pelosi's lectern? Uh, you know, oh, the, he was from Brady. No, he was from yeah, Parish. Yeah, he was from Parish. Aaron Johnson or something like that. Yep. Oh my gosh! Of yeah. course, of course, Floridians. There's right. always a tie back to Florida or Tampa yep. Bay. Florida says, "Hold my beer." Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, to everybody watching the Yard Sign, the most important relevant podcast in politics. Uh, Johnny Torres with Chris Chambers and Ebel Cabrera. As you can see, uh, we have quite a list of things to talk about here on this Martin Luther King Day. Um, and uh, we, we touched, we kind of got out of order here at the beginning of the show, talked about big tech censorship and uh, and also touched on the impeachment. Um, you know, one of the things that they've actually been talking about in regards to the impeachment is, is that uh, if they continue to push it forward, which it's already passed in the House, so now the Senate has to take a look at it, is that it's going to hold up uh, some of uh, uh, Biden's uh, um, priorities as he takes office uh, here in the first 100 days uh, or, you know, just takes office in general. Um, Boo-hoo. Um, certainly not, not you know, crying about it. You know, they wanted this. And so deal with the repercussions. But, um, you know, we've also seen statements coming out like he's going to uh, repeal the contract for the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, he There's rumors swirling that he's going to grant amnesty to 11 million illegal uh, citizens. Uh, this, I mean, these are very big, very likely i think very you know it's low-hanging fruit for the left to push this stuff through what do you guys uh think you know how much of that do you think is, is actually going to happen i think a lot actually i wouldn't be surprised so this is the thing it's one one can only happen at a time washington does not know how to do multi, multi washington doesn't know how to walk and chew gum at the same time so if they're going to impeach then let them impeach let them play this game this charade and everything else the last time they impeached what was happening that no one was fit, pay, um, paying attention corona Right. That's what was happening in the background right. during impeachment. And everyone was focused on impeachment while this virus from Wuhan, China was swept around the world. So if they decide to do this again, Biden doesn't get his cabinet picks because you cannot be in the middle of, a, of an impeachment and try to push through your cabinet picks at the same time. It doesn't work. That way. Like They couldn't and even have soda during that, the impeachment. And, and that's why I feel the impeachment after the 20th is going to be a non-issue. I agree with you, but I don't know if the if the Democrats are going to feel that way. It's going to I mean, we for the Senate to come back into session before the 20th before the 19th is not going to happen. So they've wasted all this time now that we keep on talking about impeachment. Um he will be out of office. The, the country will think of it as petty. Now, Biden could be a genius and say, "Look, the country needs to move on. We're all moving on. We're going to we're going to move on from this." He does that his ratings are going to go up through the roof and he can get pretty much whatever he wants. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, on the other hand, are going to want to, they want blood. They want blood. They want blood. And if that's the case, then we're going to be marred in this for 30 days, 40 days. Something that I saw on Facebook a few days ago was like, it took um, Congress six hours to, uh, to impeach the president on their side, but it took them nine months to get you $600. So like, again, the, 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 Huh? Priorities. No, it's all priorities. Why wouldn't the government want to give you six hundred dollars? Now, well, especially in a bill that had what about five, six thousand pages. Yeah. 
<laughs> Again, it's going to be beautiful to see what happens. I think politics is going to overseed, override the common sense. And the, the Democrats are going to try to go out for blood. They're going to fail. Again, the president has not been impeached at all. It's only been on one side, and he has to be convicted. If he's not convicted, he could run again. Now, do I think he's going to run again? I don't know about that. But the whole talk about you have to impeach so that he doesn't run for president is not not a strategic thing Correct. to do. And it doesn't unify the country. You want to do you, you want to talk about unification? You don't impeach him. You move on. You give Biden a good first 100 days to do what he needs to do. I totally agree. You know, what's the you know the whole goal of impeachment is to you know hopefully to remove him out of office. He's out of office. So <laughs> if the, if the Republican Party doesn't do something about it, I think he gives it another go. I think he comes back um, because he's going to feel that he has the money, the resources. I mean, again, think about it. the The majority of and and this isn't a negative criticism, but uh, but the chairwoman and and co-chairman of the republican party nationally uh are are very close to trump um they are you know and they have been for his entire administration um and then even here in the state of florida like i'm sure there is across the country the the state chairman is also very close friend of trump's um and so if you look at that and obviously they're on you know i think one or two year terms depending on what state you're in um but does that give him the power that he needs long enough um, to not only be influential in midterm elections and hire more pro-Trump legislators, but then also does that allow, does that give him enough momentum over the next four years to keep that base of support and give it another go in four years, unless Congress puts a stop to it somehow? I, I don't see that. And number one, let's look at the age. Trump will be 78 in four yeah. years. Yeah. So He'll be 79 if, if he wins and were to be inaugurated. Okay. Okay. So I know Biden's age has always came up as an issue and Rightfully so. Uh, so. Yeah, look, with some health concerns, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I, you know, you can't just be a uh, you know, hypocrite and just, you know, overlook Trump's age. And I think, you know, uh, we were talking, he, he's left the presidency. It uh, looks like in pretty good good shape. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows what that's going to look like in four years? Who knows what the toll of losing this election is going to take on it? Well, that's the thing. Anything he's going to try to do going forward is going to be met with the roadblock from the left. I mean, Josh Hawley, who somehow became a target in all of this in regards to what happened on January 6th, um, had Democrats literally rally uh, against him and call up the Lowe's Corporation where he was going to do a fundraiser in Orlando at one of the uh, resorts, uh, Universal Orlando, and they got Lowe's Hotels in the middle of an economic crisis and pandemic to turn away this huge fundraiser that Josh Hawley was going to do. Um, and, and of course, they're calling them all sorts of names and everything. But this is going to be, I think, what happens along the way. If Florida tries to give him a library, I think, you know, they're going to, they're going to fight it. The Democrats are going to fight it. Um, I think anybody that's closely aligned to him is going to be met with huge roadblocks for anything and everything they try to do going forward. But that's the pettiness of the Democrats. Of course. This, again, shows how petty the Democrats are and how unwilling they are to unify the country. If you continue on this path, especially after he's out of office, you look like an idiot that you're going to keep on pushing uh, in, um, to impeach the president. Now, again, the world has changed from January 5th to January 7th. 
It's a completely different world. If the if the riots had not occurred on the Capitol building and it was a strong showing and he still we all knew he was still going to lose the vote no matter what because he didn't have the the votes in in the Senate or the House or for the electorates. We all knew that he was going to get Joe Biden was going to get certified, but crazy people on the internet decided that it was going to happen and now we have what we have. If it wouldn't have happened, I think the coattails for the president might have been long enough Correct. to allow for additional people to come on board, maybe for him to run for a second term. Now that it's not even a possibility, I don't think Trump wins, runs four years from now. There's no reason to, unless the Biden administration falls flat on its face. Again, rejoin. Again, I'm looking at what they're already talking about for the first 100 days. Um, they're going to uh, reverse the ban on several uh, majority Muslim countries for traveling back into the United States. They're going to rejoin the Paris Accord. Right. They're going to eliminate, uh, they're going to figure out how to uh, eliminate or extend the limits on student loan payments. They're going to extend another the, COVID overreach yeah. that they're going to take advantage. Yeah, of. they're going to expand the eviction um, of individuals until the following year for the uh, the pandemic. They're going to try to enforce a mass mandate, and this is the verbiage on this is important. Remember, the president doesn't have the power to right. make you wear a face mask unless you are in a federal oh, building, God. and so they're going to require that mass uh, mass mandate for federal property and for interstate travel, which is also something that the government does have uh, control or the federal government does have control over is interstate right, so commerce. Amtrak, airplanes. Which uh, a lot of airplanes, and or uh, again, if you are following CDC guidance, you should be wearing a mask right. if you cannot be six feet or more when you're traveling. So uh, the country's already doing these things. And again, his 100 days when it comes to the pandemic is nothing new, except that he will be wearing one while Trump didn't wear a mask. That's it. Yeah, look, uh, Hector is bringing up a good point that I want to address, which is, you know, uh, that uh, that there may be Republicans mixed in this that have 2024 aspirations uh, that are going to obviously make it want to make it more difficult for him uh, to to run again. And I'm not saying that's not true to some extent, but the reality is, is that if any of them are caught doing it at this point right now, at this juncture, it is more unpopular for them to go against Trump than it is for them to, uh, than, than it is uh, for them to uh, go with him. No, it, yeah. it, it, no, know, no Senator in any Republican state is going to vote against the president right now. Maine, I can totally see that happening. Yeah. She could definitely do it. Alaska, she's always done it on that side. And there's like one or two more senators that might be able to, that will vote against the president. Rick Scott but nobody and, and that, Marco? Nobody no. that's going to run in 2024, no. No, no, no one's going to do that. It's too soon. That's well, and the they know issue. that they need the Trump base if yes. they want to even have a chance in 2024. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, like you said, the world's a different place after you know, January 6th. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, anybody who's on the Trump coattails, may suffer and, and, and face repercussions. I mean, look what we're seeing across the, the world right now in your local politics. You're seeing states shift the blue that you, who would ever thought you would see Georgia shift blue? I, I think we were, th we saw, I mean, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, Abrams did a great job yeah. fundraising and getting right. people out to vote and to register voters. Yeah. They did a great thing. Also, us fighting 
internally for the stimulus package is what pushed a lot of people to vote blue because yes. they want $2,000. I mean, that's a, a, a Republican, Democrat, liberal, yeah. uh, libertarian, $2,000, $2,000. People are always going to vote for their own interest. Right. And when it comes to money and Americans, that's what's going to happen. But as someone in Congress said, you know, oh, you know, thanks, uh, you know, President like Biden for, for stealing the bill that Republicans were trying to get passed just like a few months ago. <laughs> But that's the thing. You know, a lot of this was self-inflicted when it comes to the Republicans. We were less than 10,000 votes away, no, less than that, from winning in Georgia for the Senate seat. And yet it was a complete blowout this time because of the fact that they were infighting. And there are polls from PolitiFact that show the moment they started fighting about the stimulus package, about the $2,000, we lost that race. And right. you saw that with inside there. I will say this, though. In Florida, I think a lot of people want to talk about Florida because we're, we're in Florida. Matt Gates will be someone that we need to look into and see if he will still run against Rubio when it comes to the Senate. I don't think that happens now. Before January 6th, uh, yes. I would have said it almost 100%. Matt Gates is looking for a way to run against Rubio. Now, I don't think so. I also don't think Rubio he's or Scott. He's too close to Trump. Yeah, he's too close to Trump. Yeah. And yeah. Scott and Rubio are far enough away from, from Trump that they are perfectly fine. Again, we won the state by five points. It's This is not going to happen. Miami is a stronger now, a foothold for the Republican Party than ever before. And Spanish people love what's happening right now. Like, they love this drama. It's a, it's a telenovela that's what's happening. Right well, now. And, and, and unless like, like Marco... What? <laughs> black black people like it too. You know, January sixth, I think every African American was sitting at home, <laughs> eating dinner, watching the TV. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Well, what I was going to say was uh, is that I think the only circumstances under where which we see a Matt Gates run uh, for Senate is if Marco decides to run for president again and vacate the Senate seat like he did last time, you know, which again, uh, if we remember that opened up the window to a Republican primary, Carlos Lopez Cantera uh, won the primary um, and then stepped aside when Rubio, oh no, it was before the primary, uh, right, at, I think almost at the finish line before the deadline and then CLC stepped aside so that Rubio could be the nominee going into the Senate um, general election. Also, the reason why Rubio resigned was not because the Senate requires him to resign. It was because people were telling that he wasn't serious about right. running for president. And yeah. that's the reason why he did it. Yeah, Kamala, which your bigger donors will t I'll tell you that. Yeah, but Kamala Harris, never again, as a senator, you don't have to resign your position to run for president. Kamala Harris never resigned. Right. She's having to resign, I think, tomorrow or then I think tomorrow she's having to resign so that she can become uh, vice VP uh, for on the 20th. And then that's the thing. All of this is happening, and you can't move on from a, uh, an impeachment until someone is picked to take over her seat um, once the Senate comes back into session, which will be after the end of the week. And then we're now like at the end of January when you start talking about this right. again. And you can't do anything when you start the impeachment trials. You can't get up. Everyone has to be there. No one can get up. Everyone has to sit. You can't drink coffee. You can't have soda. You can't have caffeine. Like, this is crazy. Like, it's absolutely insane, the restrictions. And it, it takes away from what uh, Biden wants to do in his first 100 days. It's just a waste of time. It so is a waste of time. Hopefully. Yeah, you know, and the worst part about this is, is that, you know, again, people have been trying to play Biden off as a moderate, you know, because he's been in the government for so long. Uh, first of all, 
I mean, he's never shown to be moderate. I mean, he's always sided with, I think, the farthest left of, of whatever's popular at the time within his party. I mean, again, we saw him uh, be in favor of segregation, um, you know, early on, you know, in, in his early uh, days in, in government politics. Um, and again, he served under the Obama administration. And a lot of the people he's brought on, uh, I mean, he's pulling from, uh, he, he's talking about making, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders part of his cabinet, uh, some people close to Elizabeth Warren part of his cabinet. Um, he's brought in a lot of uh, former Obama officials uh, into his inner circle. Uh, this is going to be a continuation of that, and I think it's, it's, it's actually going to be maybe the most progressive agenda we've seen, um, even in comparison to Obama. I think they get... Once the whole impeachment conversation is done, I think he's going to do, I think it's like up to 12 or 13 executive orders. And again, the yeah. ones we kind of talked about already, rejoining the Paris Accord, rejoining the WHO, rejoining a bunch of things that Trump had already removed himself from. And now that a lot of this is already uncoupled, we really can't put it back together, even if we do try. I mean, Europe is not going to go back down to 0.1% of their budget for military spending. They're going to continue at 2% because the right. Trump administration forced them to. Um, Japan, uh, Korea, and the Philippines regaining their um, maritime um, advantage over China, that's going to escalate because we've already kind of pulled back a little bit. Uh, The U.S. being energy independent, a lot of things are going to start unwinding in the Middle East because we don't have to be there anymore under the Trump administration. Well, we're already seeing the gas speculation as the gas now has gone up significantly, I think somewhere close to about 40 cents or so. I mean, just in the past few weeks, you know, since the election i haven't i haven't noticed (laughs) (laughs) now why is that chris chambers why haven't you noticed the gas price increase Uh, 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 i have a electric vehicle so i I haven't noticed but but really you don't say tell us more about this fantastic electric vehicle you speak of oh my goodness well you know uh, 2020 was just such a a trying year (laughs) 2020 was just such a trying year for me and uh, i figured i need to treat myself something you know treat yourself treat yourself treat myself yeah so I uh, I jumped on a Tesla bandwagon. Nice, so jealous. I, I jumped on that Tesla stock. <laughs> <laughs> Either one, you'd be doing pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I who were we talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, well, real quick, uh, yeah, you know. So you know, Hector was saying about that McConnell, McConnell <laughs> wants to get rid of McConnell wants to get rid of Trump and 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 that he's blaming him for the losses in Congress in 2018. There were a lot of notches initially, initially, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is again, we won a dozen seats in Congress and we're, we're yes, obviously we, we took a few steps back in the Senate, but we're certainly in position uh, to win the house two years from now. Uh, and we're far better off than anybody predicted we would be. So I think that that's more of like a grassroots kind of base level rumor. Um, the numbers don't prove that to be at all because again we had record wins in congress uh that put us again uh, within striking distance of taking back the house uh, now we lost senate seats that we shouldn't have um uh, <coughs> georgia uh, but um you know but but i think we'll make those back up in two years mcconnell is just as much to blame for us losing in georgia as trump is at the end of the day if mcconnell would have just said yes we'll do the two thousand dollars and we'll we'll deal with it then that would have been it and well you're we talking about georgia but, but that's just the georgia senate seats, and I but mean. those are the two seats i'm talking about and also who would have thought that we would pick up congressional districts 
in this election cycle. Twelve would have exactly. Yeah, no one would have thought that. Normally, parties in power lose a lot of energy in a lot of seats. That's normally what happens. Again, what the Democrats are experiencing right now, having full control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency, which they did when Obama became president in oh eight. Um, normally only lasts about two years, and it's it's meant to not be that long. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's gonna get executive orders. I think he's gonna get the stimulus package he's looking for. Uh, 1.9 at the moment trillion. is what the, yeah 1.9 trillion which is what they're talking about I don't think it'll end that number I think it might go down further because you need a, you need about 10 more Republicans to sign on to that before it can go into um, budget and then you can you can go with a simple majority but we'll see what that number looks like I think he gets maybe one or two more things done I think they'll do something with student loans and forgiveness and figure out a way to do that but the unfortunate thing yeah, about all this much. is that Republicans ignored the deficit for four years. Um, and now they're going to look like hypocrites because they're going to make pretend that they care about the deficit again. Um, and they allowed Trump to spend, I mean, just write checks like it's nobody's business. And yes, some of them, a few of those I would say were due to the pandemic, but let's be honest. I mean, nobody was checking any of his spending. Um, he signed off on, uh, on all the congressional budgets. Um, and, uh, that's going to give, Biden, the open door to pretty much spend what on whatever he wants. So student loans, illegal immigration, like you name it, uh, $15 minimum wage federal. I, I think they're going to go for all of it. I think they're going for all the oh, chips the and, and that's why they're pushing so hard on making a big deal out of January 6th, because the, the more they can push Republicans down into a, a position of weakness, um, they're going to try to leverage that as these policies get pushed in, in the first 100 days. I, I agree to a point of your position. I think Biden will focus more internationally, trying to regain uh, alliances, trying yes, to make peace around might make peace around the world. I think that's going to piss off Americans. And again, the Senate and the Congress were meant to go as slow as possible. So I don't again. If, if that was the case, then we would already have $15 minimum wage during the Obama administration because they were talking about it back then. The goal is to talk about Yeah, but did stuff. Obama really have the willpower or the... Obama you know, the, Obama had a full control of the House and the Senate. By yeah, but he used all that political power yeah. for Obamacare. Yeah, again, yeah. he got one or two things out. That was the first two years. Yeah, so again, you only get one or two things out, maybe three out of your agenda. So talking about getting all this stuff done out of the, in the beginning of his administration yeah. is not going to happen. You get maybe six six to eight months to get this all the stuff talked about it takes time to get through the legislator and it just, it just takes time because we're going to start talking about midterms by the end of summer yeah another thing they're also talking about i don't think it's going to happen uh, is uh dc statehood puerto rican statehood uh democrats are going to push for that don't think it's going to happen I don't, I don't think they get it through. Certainly not in the first two years. Um, and if any of those two were to happen, maybe D.C. statehood. But I, I, I think uh, those in the swamp like it just the way it is. I think it's a good talking point. It's a good rallying point. But yeah. I doubt that we're going to see. Again, did the Puerto Ricans vote for statehood yes. on their side? And it, it passed. It passed. Yeah. So I think that happened. And then I don't think it's going to pass with supermajority in the senate which i think is what's what's required for which it, in my opinion that. let's make it happen i mean they're practically yeah. citizens anyways and, and their 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 government you know is a complete you know s show oh we said so um i mean it, it is so corrupt and so backwards and, that and the best reminder, thing we can do is go in there and just i mean wipe it yeah. clean and and make them a state and and hold them accountable to more federal regulation oh i definitely think it should happen i mean look at the puerto rican national guard they're in dc right now yeah <laughs> i mean hey that's right
you know, and again, they, they've fought, you know, they've fought alongside uh, our military and, you know, in every foreign conflict, you know, since Puerto Rico became a state state territory, I think they deserve it. They're, again, I mean, they're literally inches away. I mean, it's, it's, it's like being, you know, you know, fourth and goal. I mean, they're right there inches away from that touchdown. There's no difference really. I mean, you might as well, they already get money from the federal government. They already, you know, in, uh, uh, are a big part of our trade. Um, I don't, I don't see the objection there. Um, and, you know, it's not like, uh, Cuba or Mexico, or you're not bringing in an entire nation of people who don't have rights and aren't paying taxes and aren't, you know, like these people are already doing all of that. I think letting them they stay. even have representation in Congress. So does the yeah. so, uh, so does American Samoa. So exactly. at the end of the day, I don't think Puerto Rico is going to become a state because I don't think, I don't think Puerto Rico wants to become a state. Their leadership really don't care. They love this this Goldilocks situation they're in right now. They're getting about thirty billion dollars in foreign federal aid. They are allowed to to almost like milk the whole system completely i think without any accountability without any accountability so why would the leadership care it's a good it's a good exactly i mean hector makes a good point which is that they don't pay federal income tax but to me that's a selling point that's one (laughs) of the reasons i want them to become a state so they can pay federal income tax and pay back for all the money that we've been giving them you know for god knows how long because they can't stay out of bankruptcy there's a lot of shell companies that will be moving out of puerto rico (laughs) if they ever make the decision to actually make it become a state also I don't want to have to buy a new flag. That's going to be so annoying. <laughs> it's going to be off. It's going to be unsymmetrical. If we're going to do one, <laughs> might as well do both. And I again, think it'd be cool to have a like a new flag. You know, like being around for a new flag. You know what I mean? Like being part of that. Listen, if Mississippi can get a new flag, <laughs> <laughs> that's American right. Can, American get a new. Flag. Does Mississippi <laughs> yeah. have running water? I don't whoa, 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 blow, whoa, blow. <laughs> I'm well, loving this side view, by the way. <laughs> I can make comments on my face. I, it adds like a whole dimension to it. You know, it adds like a whole like a, additional emphasis when you kind of put your face in the camera there. There you go. <laughs> All right. Anyways, on that note, uh, again, it is, uh, man, um, 2020, uh, again, just kind of bled right into 2021. Um, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon. Things just keep getting weirder and more out of control. And uh, where this bus stops, nobody knows. This is America, baby. You were expecting things to calm down after the new year? Please. <laughs> Tell me about that it. That is not the way America works. We keep on going till we hit a wall and then we file an insurance claim. Speaking right, of well, speaking let's a wall. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that's right. The there- wall is going to be stopped. The wall they will stop be stopped, the wall, right? stop. but then there's also a, a migrant caravan that just broke through. I think. Oh yeah, uh, Honduras uh, just broke through Honduras. Honduras. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to figure out how to stop that because no, Anibal, don't you know that migrant caravans don't exist? Well, I'm watching it on TV, so I, I don't know, know what's going to happen. Listen, there. I'm no national security advisor, but <laughs> if we feel they're going to be coming this way. We need to get those riders from the six and send them down south. I That's think right. they would be better. <laughs> if gonna, you if want to defend gonna, this country, yeah, you need yeah, to go yeah, down yeah. south get, to the border. Get them on that wall in yeah, Texas and figure right. that out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think what's going to happen is that's going to be a very big key decision for the president. Are you going to let them all in or are you again, we are a functioning democracy at the end of the day. We are a functioning country. You can't just have complete open borders. We need to figure out who these people are and where they're coming from. And is that baby really your baby? I mean, these are the conversations that really need to have because again, if and our our church uh, does a lot of things on the border. A lot, our church does a lot of things in, in in Central and South America. Those things are real. People 
die trying to get to this country. Oh yeah. And then also people get trafficked all the time yep. Yep. getting into this country. And when the they, going when rate say, apparently is about two thousand dollars. Yeah. What they say to you at the border is not going to be the same. The people that are bringing in children are a lot of times are not their parents, and it, they use it as a sympathy vote to try to get in. And again, I don't like the idea of what happened with putting children. I think that's deplorable. What happened with putting children in cages, which happened under both administrations for probably longer than just that. But it needs to figure out a humane way to get this through, which is why you try to figure there out. There needs to be a verification immigration. process. Yeah, yeah there yeah. needs to be legal immigration. And again, this was a conversation being had with the Democrats. This is a conversation that We've was had, had with the Republicans. The West Wing was talking about this in the 90s. Like, this is yeah. nothing is new under the sun, biblical. Yeah. And so, <laughs> at the end, don't, don't get me started. I was already ready for church <laughs> earlier today, getting ready for my, my Bible study. So I'm good. Yeah, look, and, and, uh, and you know, uh, Hector, you know, said uh, earlier that, uh, um, oh, well, he's saying that they'll, they'll let them in because they represent cheap labor. That's usually not done by Americans. And what? That's Democrats are all about slave you know? labor? Yeah, that's what that looks like. Well, and, and, uh, and then again, like the, the Republican farm workers, you know, that depend on migrant workers, again, they're, they're, you know, that's a tough conversation for them to have because the cap, the, and I don't want to go down this tangent, but anyways, there's a there's a migrant worker cap that's put forth by the federal government every year, and it's not sufficient. There's always a short, you know, there's always people that come up short in in trying to meet those minimum, uh, you know, or, or hire the amount of people that they need for whatever season they're trying to fill. Like here, it'd be watermelon and strawberries and tomatoes and offended, that sort of thing. Offended, triggered. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, uh, is is the cheap labor part? of it absolutely um is the votes uh, also part of it yeah absolutely uh and let's not forget that like every other country we're also seeing a decline in population uh which doesn't help our financial situation when it comes to the social programs that we try to keep funded but it's um you know i mean that's one way to solve the problem i mean canada's doing it Canada's got a pretty open door policy, um, you know, right now. Because no one wants to live in the snow. No, of course I can do that. So, yes, the American birth rate has been increased because of legal immigration into this country. People having more children and needs to be at least 2.1% above population to allow for the increase of the country. The demographic pyramid for the United States is very healthy. Um, we would be surprised to see how many children come out of this pandemic because uh, uh, births are, a lot of Still births are going to be yeah are going to be projected for this I'm coming year years the lost lives i guess <laughs> i'm not i'm not touching that whatsoever all right let's go ahead and start <laughs> wrapping this thing up uh thank you so much to chris and nebel uh chris let's start with you we'd like to wrap up the shows now uh going into the stories that we didn't get to talk to about today um local state national um but uh it's certainly a story that you're watching what's on your radar uh story that i'm watching Hmm. I can't think of any particular one, but you know, if I'm going to leave with an ending note, I'm going to leave with a quote by Martin Luther King. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah, of yeah. course. Absolutely. Well, th this year right now, uh, especially at this time in America right now, with so much divide, you know, it's, it's one quote that MLK says, and uh, it says, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is uh, too great a burden to bear. So I just want everybody to think about that in the time of divisive right, divisive right now, if we can just all come together, uh, and just be American, not be red, blue, liberal, liberal or conservative, just be an American. So uh, that'll be my ending note. I like it. Thank you very much. And uh, Nebel, what story are you watching? 
Well, now I feel like I have to be with another quote also when it comes to MLK. I will say this. I think that his legacy has been so immense that both sides try to use it for their advantage. Oh, yeah. And I think it's it's also it's a testimony to how he spoke to the general population and how he spoke to the to the common man when it came to bringing Christ and bringing the the word out there that he was at the end because people try to co opt his his teachings of MLK's teachings and how he would use scripture to to get to people's understanding of what he was trying to to push when it came to social justice and when it came also to being a self independent person and being responsible for your actions. So I think both sides use it, and both sides are wrong by using it because they're not using it appropriately. I think um, politics should stay completely out of the life of, of that man. Um, what I am looking forward to is seeing what the um, county commission of Hillsborough County is going to do in regards to restricting um, bars and restaurants. I think what they're doing right now is uh, is obscene. No um, dancing in Ebor. I know. I w- <laughs> we went to Ebor City over the weekend, and it, you have to sit everywhere. It's like it's, it's, it's annoying. No dancing. I think it's very annoying. Also, it's not being treated fairly across the board. I've been to many locations in Hillsborough County where you're still allowed to walk around without a mask and be able to drink. And in Ebor City, especially for some of the uh, of the LGBTQ community, they're really getting um, pressure and they're getting yeah. a lot of focus and they're getting fined. And the fact that you have county commissioners during their New Year's Eve activities not wearing masks and not following CDC guidance, but yet they feel that they can put pressure on the local restaurants and uh, bars and clubs and feel that they can do that um, during the uh, during the Super Bowl is yeah. very inappropriate. I, I, I got a feeling it's going to all actually get lifted. February oh, yeah. 5th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we keep doing these ridiculous restrictions, Tampa will never have a Super Bowl again. No. Yeah. I mean, the simple fact is. They're only getting away with it because it's, a, it's unpopular right now to say otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I think what the, the what the governor needs to do is he's probably going to have to expand his uh, executive order in regards to finding individuals to finding businesses. Also, I think that would be the best thing to do at the moment. But I also I agree with you. I think it's going to disappear uh, February fifth yeah. once all that is but over. Right now, it's just ridiculous. You mean I'll, I'm only going to get COVID when I'm you know standing up or sitting down? You know? Oh, and uh, yeah. I mean, I went. I had to. I had to slum it and go to a Walmart a few days ago. Oh, you and poor thing. The fact how crowded it was. There's no. There's no stickers on the floor saying about six feet distance. There's none of that. And like, and people are wearing masks. People are not wearing masks. I'm like, if you are not willing to be as restrictive in those locations, Publix, Walmart, other grocery stores, other retail stores, and you're only focusing on bars because God forbid COVID travels more than six feet, or is, if you're sitting down at a, and you're eating, you can't get COVID. Like all of this is absolutely ridiculous. And so I think the, the county commission and not science based and not science based. science based. If you're outside and that's what they want to hit also, you have to be doing that. So I think that's something when I'm watching. And then for my other ex, uh, uh, economy nerds, no, nope, you just get one. No, I want to talk about um, <laughs> Davos just uh, released their press releases for the uh, annual conference for the Davos financial world economic forum, which is made uh, 16th through the 18th. I'm so excited for that. I'm, I I'm, love it. I'm excited for you. Ah, thank you. To me, Davos always sounds like one of those things that happens that people don't think actually happens. Like, there's a lot of like, does is this like really a thing? Like the Hildeberg Group or like the Illuminati? Like, whenever I hear about Davos, like to me that that's it's only for tax write offs. <laughs> well, honestly, though, yeah. <laughs> the reason so right. Davos still is going to meet this year, even though during COVID, because they met last year also. Uh, they just moved it to Singapore. So, um, the the what were the three things that you talked yeah, about? I'm sure, it's because yeah. it's COVID. Yeah. No. Well. 
Davos is a city in Switzerland, which allows for this kind of economic forum. And you get a tax write-off for visiting the country. Yeah, I know. You get a bunch of millionaires and billionaires and, and, and powerful people who fly in their private jets to Switzerland to lecture us about climate change. Well, yeah, you get the same situation with the Bilderbergs and, and what happened at uh, Bretton Woods. Now, the Illuminati, I don't agree with. I don't think that's a legitimate thing. You don't think that's a thing? No. If it was, then I would already be a member. And so... <laughs> All right. But I have submitted my application for the Bilderbergs. There you go. All right. Well, I'll put in a good word. <laughs> uh, Kimberly come chimes in with uh, with another great uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote, and I'll steal it, which is, love will in the end connect us to our neighbors, uh, our children, and our hearts. Um, yeah, again, uh, you know, he obviously is not only a huge figure in the development of our country, but, you know, in terms of uh, uh, social justice and, uh, and you know, yeah, I wish, you know, that he wouldn't be misquoted and misused, you know, his legacy in, in politics. Um, but he was he is such a political figure, you know, that had such an effect on the shaping uh, of our nation's uh, structure, our culture, our uh, our history that, uh, you know, he he's, is part of our nation's political history. And uh, and, I, you know, it's one of those things where. If you'd asked me, you know, maybe a year ago, I would say that we were certainly uh, closer than we've ever been to living up to uh, his expectations and, and his dreams for the future of this country. But uh, I think we might have stepped back a little bit uh, there in that regard, uh, certainly here over the over the last uh, year or two. I have um, full faith in the American experience moving forward. I do. I do too. A continuation. Why? Because Americans love their money and they're not going to do anything thing to ruin that yeah no it's growing pains you know what i mean and so again in that regard i think you know this is a, a learning situation and a growing situation um and it's all about how we handle it going forward and so um look and and as i said you know if both sides uh of of a political issue uh, are both angry at the same people that's when you've got to get worried and i think we're reaching that point <laughs> yep, I, I mean when you've got blm on one side and whatever the trump patriot people that were on the siege on the capitol you know when when both of them are looking at the government saying you've messed up for far too long uh i think they've got a much bigger problem on their hands and so looking forward to it yeah hopefully we'll be out of facebook jail uh we should be out of facebook jail <laughs> by the time our next episode comes around next monday january 25th seven o'clock thank you so much for watching make sure you subscribe to the audio version of our podcast on all the giant tech overlords at apple amazon google spotify audible uh and uh, again and YouTube thing, you know, not for YouTube. Uh, nobody would have gotten our show today. Um, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, Mark can kiss it. Um, <laughs> on behalf of Chris Chambers, Anibal Cabrera, uh, I'm Johnny Torres. And uh, I didn't share the story that I'm watching, but uh, I'm watching very closely Ron DeSantis's rollout with Publix of the COVID vaccine. I think this could be a game changer. Should have been the first thing. I, would get, I would get it, it if it was from Publix. Have. I trust Publix more. <laughs> Publix and then Chick-fil-A. I think I would have, you know, I think if you hand out COVID vaccines in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, dude, you'd have like the whole state covered like in I would 48 say, hours. Yeah, exactly. You'd, you'd, except on Sundays. Except uh, on Sundays. Yeah. That's right. right. Can't, yeah, do it Can't get your COVID vaccine on Sundays. God forbid. You should be in church or watching church. That's right. All right. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching again. And hopefully we'll be out of Facebook jail uh, by next week. Uh, let me see. In the meantime, uh, so long. Good night, everybody. See you next time.